Welcome back to The Right Angle. We have got, from what I understand, because G-Man has been holding his cards close to the vest, but just an immaculate, what was the immaculate reception? That was... Uh, Franco Harris. Ooh, there we go. Yeah, with the Steelers and yep. Terry Bradshaw. Yep. Classic. Yeah, it All right, was. well, you've got uh, a lot to line up with there, a lot to top. So just kick it, kick us off. What you got cooking? I was working for a a woman, doing some work for her in a certain way. And she was telling me <clears throat> that she was watching the news with her elderly mother. And on the news, she said she saw the fence around the White House and how big it was, how, you know, how wide and out of proportion from the White House this fence was. Yeah. So she decided she decided to call the White House and ask why they needed to have a fence that was that big. Wow. You know, around the White House or whatever. Nobody nobody answered. She just said I'd let, you know, text me. I don't know if she texted or called or whatever, but she said in 5 minutes somebody was contacting her on the phone and said, what do you want to know about the fence for? And she goes, I, I just, she said, I just wanted to know why it was, it was built the way it was and, and how far out it was and what it costs. And, and they said, they said, no comment. And that was it. Gosh. I think she's one five of those minutes, 75 million Patriots who are <laughs> yeah. going to, uh, I, I guess I've I've seen it, but I don't. Is it a fence? It's not a wall. It's it's a fence. Have you seen? I it? think it's a fence. I think I've seen it, and it is something that that apparently you can see through, but it it's very difficult to climb over. Yeah, and you know, in today's technology and whatever, a fence isn't going to stop anything. Uh, so from when did they? In. How long has it been there? Is this something that? Biden? I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it was put there after uh, Trump decided to burn down the White House or <laughs> before that. I'm not sure which. Huh. Uh, but I, I, I don't know how long it's been there. But apparently it's been there long enough that they feel safe enough by putting this idiotic fence around there. And uh, Wow. And that is interesting how quick they got back. That obviously they probably have her number down and she's probably on like a no fly list for Washington DC or something. No one. I, I imagine she's on some list now because she, wow. She asked about the fence around the white house. It's Gosh. this is, this is the world we're living in now. You know, you can't, uh, you know, 10 years ago you'd ask and they'd say, ah, you know, we did this, we did that, you know, yep. whatever. Huh. 10 years ago, we wouldn't have had the fence there though, I guess. That's true. So, um, wow. Yeah, I thought that was that was rather ironic that she said in five minutes, somebody was calling me on the phone and stating, what do you want to know for? <laughs> wow. So, I just got this list, this kind of fun list. I just want to go over it. This is for your older people that are listening out there. This is, um, do you remember? Okay. This is probably, this list I'm looking at, must be from maybe the 60s, you know, uh, 60s, early 70s, maybe. But there's a, there's a couple of them in here. Uh, and I'm going to see if you remember any of them. All right. Okay. Blackjack chewing gum. Yep. Never. It was licorice flavor, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yep, not Do you fan, remember but... the other one that was with it? It wasn't uh, double mint. Um, it wasn't, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a hint. It was a flavor. Right. It was a flavor. Uh, was it like a, uh, uh, drawing a blank. Um, I can just taste like a, had an oval label flavor. on it with the name in the middle of the oval. Uh, and the oval was kind of a cinnamon color. I think it was dentine, but it's not that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I'll know it when you tell me, but yeah, clove. Oh, clove. All right, no, that wasn't what I'm thinking of. I do remember it, but that's not what I was thinking of. Wow. Okay. Yeah, candy cigarettes. Huh. 
Can you imagine? Candy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh Nowadays, the candy cigarettes. I wonder the, when uh, when those were. I mean, those those were always a thing, especially at Halloween. You would always get them, but I yeah. wonder it, they must have phased them out in the eighties. Do you think seventies? Probably late seventies, probably early eighties or whatever. Uh, they yeah, and then the the package would be like instead of Marlboro it would say uh I don't know some other name yeah it wasn't exactly the name but right uh, yeah yeah it's uh had some funny names or whatever how about do you remember soda pop machines that dispensed glass bottles yeah I believe so do you remember how you did it they were all in a line you lifted yep. up the lid they oh, were all in a right. line you put your quarter in or your dime, yep. and then you'd bring it around and lift it up through oh, a little that's thing right. that would yeah. that would you. And I always remember there was a golf driving range down oh, the street yeah. from my house, yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember guys used they used to try to get one bottle up almost through the top, and then they'd try to get another one right in behind <laughs> it and pull that one up so you get two for one. Right, and it never worked real well, but uh, uh, yeah. That was uh, that was the glass bottle machine. And then when you were done with it, you just you put it right back in the little tray that was by the uh, by the machine. Yeah, there. yeah. You were basically expected to drink it right there. Right, because there was no back then. There was no deposit no. on bottles and of any kind. No, bottles or no cans. recycling or anything. No, nothing like that. And and that was back in the era when remember they used to have the pull tabs. That came all the way off. Right, on the cans. Yeah, and you would always step on one on the beach <laughs> when you were out there running around, and it would yeah. cut your foot. Yeah, that yeah. was a good improvement yeah. when they yes. uh, changed that. Uh, a very good improvement, very good. How about uh, party lines for the telephone? You probably never had one of those. No, I know they had one on uh, Andy of Mayberry. That was probably the most famous one. Yeah. yeah. Where he would call up him and he'd say, Velma, get me so-and-so. Or yeah. whatever that operator was. <laughs> no. Did you ever have encounter one? In my mind's eye, I, I yeah. do recall. We never had one. But I recall one of my friends years and years ago might have had one on their phone. And, you know, he would say, here, pick it up, see if they're talking. You know, and then he, oh, man. You know, that's... <laughs> So Big for deal. the for the uh, the not of the uneducated but the younger, the premise was basically that was it a money saving thing or was it just that they didn't have enough lines to go around because phone numbers only used to be five digits. That's way correct. back when. Yes, yes. So I, was I, I imagine it. Yeah, and it could be just that they didn't have they didn't have the technology. They had the technology, but they didn't have the technology for the, those little towns. That had the party lines, okay. and they had a, a switchboard operator there. Yep, that that would do that, and then eventually it all all went to the normal technology like you had with a dial phone. Yeah, the there. good old uh, rotary dial. How yeah. long, man? And calling long distance was such a big deal. Oh, especially when you had to pay for it. Yeah. Oh man, I remember. Uh, my sister used to call us from uh, the left coast, you know, and uh, she would always call us because we didn't want to spend the yeah. maybe three dollars it would have costed to talk to him out there, you know. It was yeah. I wonder uh, what it, it was. How much was it per minute? I'm trying to remember. I I don't know. Was it maybe five cents a minute? Ten cents could have been because I know it did seem like it. it well, back in those days, I guess when minimum wage was about a dollar fifty an hour, it it added up pretty quick because you were like, "All right, who spent five dollars on this phone call?" Exactly, exactly. Oh man, and and that that kept you from calling anybody around the U. It kept me from calling anybody around the U.S. because it it was yeah. just quote unquote expensive to do that. Nowadays, it's laughable, but. There was no speakerphone, so if you had two or three people who wanted to talk, you'd say, all right, everyone know what they're going to say. And then it was sort of like sh shooting on 16-millimeter film. 
you had to know what you were going to do. You, all right, you got to know what you're going to do. I'm going to start the camera. We're going to connect the phone call. And Mo, you get 45 seconds. And G-Man, you get a minute. And Mrs. G-Man, you get a half a minute or whatever. We don't want, in other words, what you're saying is we don't want to waste any film. We don't yep. want to waste any time. Get exactly. on there and say what you're going to say. There was not a lot of uh, dead dead time when you no. were calling long distance 20 years ago. Pea shooters? Did you ever have one of those in school? I don't think so. I mean, were there ones that you could buy or were they all pretty much homemade, rolled up? I, I Most of the ones that I uh, encountered were, <laughs> yeah. were straws that yeah. you would, you know, wad up a piece of paper and then you'd... You'd uh, put it in your mouth and get it all gooey and then shoot it through the straw. Do you remember Bic pens from years yep. ago when yeah. you could undo the middle part where the, the ink was and stuff and it would just be right. a tube? We yep. got it to the point where we could shoot through those things Ooh. and uh, and hit other people. And then put the the ink back in there so that the teacher wouldn't you know, oh. take it away from you. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, so those was, must have been awful small. I mean, obviously not literally peas, but that must have been a very small piece of ball. wadded up paper. Yeah. Yeah. What we would do is we would file down the end oh. of the pen so that it was just a little bit bigger. And all you were doing was shooting the person either in front of you or beside you or behind you or whatever. It didn't go very far, but. Sort of like a sawed off shotgun in a way. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Oh, an over under 22, that type of thing, you know. So after, but after you, you modified the pen, could you still put the, the. No, it was loose. Thing? Yeah. Okay. But I always had, or I should say somebody else always had two <laughs> pens, one that worked and oh, then one that right. you could uh, shoot, but you would, st it was still small enough that you could put the end back into it without it going all the way into the tube. You had to be inventive back then to yeah, you know, have fun, yep. you know? It's uh, just one of those things. Uh, 45 records. Remember the 45 records, the little records with a big hole in the middle of it? Yep. Um, S and H that, green. What? Did you ever have 78s? I had 78s, but they weren't, they weren't something that I'd listened to. Yeah, uh, those they were uh, more like the 30s and 40s, probably. Right, like Benny parents. Goodman and, and yeah, all that kind yeah. of stuff. With it, and it would spin around like a you know like a racing know. car wheel or something <laughs> when it was on there. Yeah, because it was 78 RPMs, revolutions per minute. Yeah, as I opposed to why, 33. Yeah, and I wonder why 45s. Why do you think they had to spin faster than LPs long playing? Um, yeah, I, I don't know why any of them had to spin faster yeah. when they did that. Unless, again, the technology was such that right. that they dug the grooves in a certain way and it and it had to spin that fast. Hmm. I don't know, but that's a good question to, to find out about. Yeah, that, that really, I mean, it's, it's outdated, although I, vinyl is making a comeback to some extent. But when you think about it, just like a lot of other technology, I guess, the idea that you have, you do something to a platter and you put grooves in it and because of the depth or the, I don't even know what it is that brings that and then you pick it up obviously with a record needle and then it turns it into a signal and it creates music. But that's really pretty remarkable. It is. It absolutely is. And... uh the, the more you talk like that about it, the more I think I'll research it and see uh, why the different speeds and, yeah. uh, and, and how that actually does that and makes that same sound on every record that they sound right. like that. Right, right. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Remember putting a needle on your record? If you, you know, I always, I always liked like the fourth or fifth song on an on a LP, <laughs> as they call yeah. it, long playing thing, and you'd put it on there and then it... it you know, you'd skip it or you'd you'd uh, jump it, and then right. it would make the the. And I go, oh God, you know. And then, <laughs> now I got to buy a new album because it skips when you're doing that, and it's. And then my sister would always say, "Stop, stop playing my record so much. It'll you're warping it." Yeah. <laughs> I, I go, dude. Oh. 
Dude, that's the that's the heat, not me playing it so much. Yeah, I remember I had a bunch that I took in my car from where I lived to California when I was in college. And I don't know, on the trip there or back, some of them oh, definitely no. got warped. I mean, not <laughs> not that we couldn't. Well, I, I think a few did because there was one kind of warp where it was basically just concave or convex just slightly but then there was the actual warping where it was like, and right. That really, wave. That, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Let's you, see. you started to say S and H green stamps. Yeah. S and H green stamps. Yeah. Uh, your or mothers, your mothers more, used to collect those at the grocery store or more locally. And I don't think this would give away any, uh, geographical locations, but King corn, King corn. Oh man. Oh, you topped me on that one. I you know where to go too. to get those. Uh, no, there was, remember the, the grocery store, the famous grocery store, the AMP. No. Oh, with, okay. The one you can't talk about. Yeah. The one yeah. that's now something else. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That was our grocery store choice. It, the A&P went out of business, I assume, or did they get bought did. up by? I think so. Well, they may have been bought up, but I don't think there's any AMPs anymore. No. What did AMP stand for? Oh man, was it two names? Yep. I don't know what they are though. It was a. It, I'll give you a hint. It was coast to coast. Atlantic and Pacific. Yep. Really? Yep. Huh. Yeah. Wow, because yep. they were nationwide, I guess. Exactly, and inside no, no. that store. Did you ever go in with your mom when you were four years old? Yeah. Do you remember the coffee that they sold there? Because the coffee they sold in the AMPs was a gigantic display wherever you went into an AMP of this particular coffee. Huh. Well, maybe, yeah. gosh, I don't even know where, I'm trying to think where the AMP was because we always went to the other one. So I may have never... Uh, I'm sure I went in one at some point, but I, I don't really remember that, the giant coffee. I do remember mm. another jingle, which you can finish. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Oh, God, we're terrible. <laughs> oh, oh, this oh. Is, oh, man, I'm telling yep. you. That's brutal. While, while we're here, ask any mermaid you happen to see. <laughs> Uh, chicken of the sea. <laughs> What's the best tuna? Ch chicken of chicken. the sea. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Isn't that wasn't that what it was? To chicken of the sea. Yeah. Yep, chicken of the yeah. sea. Remember the metal ice trays with a lever? Oh man! Yep. It was a metal ice tray with metal dividers, and you'd pour water in it, and then when it froze, there was a lever. That you would yank up on, and then that would release all of the uh, um, ice cubes in it. Yep, it would free them from. And then, yeah, yeah. yeah then the plastic ones, the blue plastic ones, came and and you had to get used to twisting it enough that it didn't crack the plastic because that happened quite a bit. <laughs> but exactly, yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of kids got their tongue stuck on those metal trays. <laughs> have you ever I dare your, you yeah did you ever get your tongue stuck like bad no no I, I i knew better and i never saw anybody get their tongue stuck on anything but um, not as not as bad as the movies but yeah I, I yeah i know i've got mine just you know enough that it definitely you just know that i'm not going to do that again i guess like putting your hand on a burner or something exactly exactly how about mimeograph paper? Remember oh, that? yeah. Running and, off the and, mimeographs. Right. And what do you remember about the mimeograph? The smell? Yep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that was my first addiction, people out there, was uh, oh, yeah? mimeograph ink. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you run them for the teachers or something? Or No, but I was always trying to be around when they ran it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it was like, oh, dude, that's... I love that smell. You know, oh, it's like wow. Some people like like paint smell. I, I yep. love that. The the mimeograph ink that they did there, and then they'd crank it around. God, that's so archaic nowadays. Uh, oh, how fast did that dry? 
like almost yeah. instantaneously. That, that probably, it, yeah, that probably had to be because they would crank it, yeah, and it would go around that that bin and it would come yeah. out on top of each other. So it, yeah. it had to dry almost instantaneously. Man, yeah. Did they? But they never really. Well, I guess you wouldn't really have an occasion to sell those for home use. It was always in a school. Yes, I would think it. You know, school or some kind of business. Yeah, that, that would do that. Mostly schools, I would think. But uh, how about pant leg clips for bicycles without chain guards? Oh yeah, I did. I mean, you ever get your your pant leg caught in a in a uh, chain? Of your bicycle? I don't know. I know I, I've had at least one cuff or something. I guess it it must have caught because I know it ripped. But I never, like, that caused me to fall off. But that, that was definitely definitely a thing, yeah. I, I remember a, a buddy of mine that lived up the street one time got his leg Remember the we we talked about those stingray bikes. Yep. He was um I don't know, he's trying to do a trick by putting his feet on the on the front two little bolts of his yep. front wheel and his leg went through that that little side brace thing on the front thing and through Ooh. the spokes and Ooh. it got his leg stuck all the way in there. And, oh, wow. and I'll never forget that. It was uh I mean, you know, he just he just got scraped up a little bit. But when you're little, yeah. you know, you think your your leg was amputated or something, right? And, and you know, he's he's crying and stuff. And my my dad had to come out and back his leg out of the out of the uh, wheel, and uh, you know, I'm puking over in the bushes and and uh, got him out. Oh. And he was he was all fine. Three weeks later. We may have talked about this when we talked about stingrays, but why did they call them sissy bars? I don't know for a fact, but I think what it was was that if you needed that there, you were a sissy. Yeah. I used to I used to drive motorcycles, and, and then one time I had a sissy bar on my motorcycle. And, and oh, really? And that's what I thought. Yeah, was yeah. That, that, you know, and then, of course, it was great because, you know, you know, everyone that was riding around with me could just lean back and, yeah. and you know, not have to hold on or anything. But um, the banana I, I'm assuming, you know, sissy bars means, you know. You, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, sissy isn't really used. Could you use sissy as a derogatory term today? And would people know what it meant? And would they be super offended? <laughs> Yes, you think? they would be super offended at anything you say that's derogatory from what <laughs> they think it is. But um, would it be something that they would understand? I would think so. I would think that you know you sissy or you know you yeah you're I real guess. sissy when you do that uh, whatever. And that reminds me of another thing where uh, several years ago, I don't know, maybe ten years ago, I was talking to this guy, and I, I'll never forget this. He was talking to me about kids in school in his particular area, and he and he was trying to come up with a word for what he was talking about. He says, "You know those," and he wasn't he wasn't being you know uh, ugly about it or anything. But he says, "You know yeah. those those uh, you know those retards," you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and he meant special ed kids yeah. at school. And he said, "You know those retards," you know what I mean. And, and and I I always remember him just struggling not to say that word, but had to say it because he couldn't come up with special needs, you know, for the person. And you know, it's. I, and then I said to myself, ever since then, I go I go retard. That just means a skip, or you know, it's not quite balanced or whatever. I mean, special it's, needs. Yeah, you yeah know? because I mean, when you think of it, everyone has special needs for something. Yes. So. Yes. They try to politically correctize it, but yeah, I mean, to retard is just to hold back for some reason, and it doesn't have to be a bad thing at all. I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of students, and I don't know at what point, you know, it was like retarded, but people who had to go back a grade or or repeat a grade and turned out being absolutely 100% fine and probably successful and all that, so... 
Exactly. It's one of those one of those things. So then I say to you, why nowadays would people not say you special needs? Yeah. You know, and then yeah. use that as derogatory. Um, yes. And then make that become something you can't ever say again. Right. Huh. That's interesting. So you probably you you probably have more, but early on, I think it was when you're talking about the the glass bottles, and this this almost seems like, even though it was a thing up until I was probably at least six or eight or ten years old, this seems like something that would have been way back, and that was the milkman. That one was was a little too far back, I thought. Oh and no! I will. Uh, where is that one that I have? Oh, home. Milk delivery in glass bottles with cardboard stoppers. Do you remember the cardboard, cardboard stoppers? Cardboard. You know, you stoppers just you just peeled the... them off, but they oh, were cardboard. Oh yeah, okay, yep. Yeah, and they were on the on the uh, top of the thing. You know, the for all of you people out there that are not really old, the the milkman used to deliver the milk to your house in those things. And they'd put them on your back step or in a little rectangle, you know, box that, that was yep. kind of insulated a little bit. They'd put it in there and they'd have those things on there. Nobody bothered them ever back then. You know, nobody nobody tried to inject them with anything or, or whatever. It's just, you know, because you could easily do that. It was yep. just a cardboard top on the on the milk. And were they all the same size? Because I always... I remember, no. like we'd get like two regulars and a skim. Oh yeah, or you something you like get that. that. But they also had quarts, and then they had pints. But no gallons, obviously. No, they didn't have any gallon. Uh, yeah. Things yeah, and, and that's right. And then I, I remember the little cubicle they'd put them in had the name of the dairy that would deliver yeah. it to you, and uh, I think it would fit six quarts. At the most, in that there sounds for you. about right. And yeah. could you get uh, could you get chocolate milk? Yes. Or is that why they had yes. quick? No. <laughs> you, you could get okay. Yes. But you couldn't get you, you couldn't get strawberry milk. No. No. Okay. It was regular or chocolate, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And skim, and it was just skim and regular, right? No two percent, no half percent. No, correct. Nothing like that. Yeah. Yep. And so, did groceries not have a refrigerated section? They must have. They did for ice cream and stuff. So why sure. why the milkman? Do you know? I don't have any idea. <laughs> I I don't know if uh, like you say. Well, I I don't know to tell you the truth whether they did or not have a a section for milk. Maybe they had a sec. I don't know. They may not yeah. have. Now that you mention it, because the meat department had the you know the little thing where you could leave the meat in there for two days yep. when they would cut it or whatever. But, uh, yeah, they may not have even had a place where they could leave milk for more than a day. Yeah. Without maybe Gosh. spoiling or whatever. Right. So. Make sure, has a milkman come yet? I don't know. I'll go check. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Gosh. Those are the only really, really interesting ones that uh, I came up with, except this last one which was the headlight dimmer switch on the floor of your car remember that oh yeah yeah you just punch it with your foot and your your bright lights would come on yeah and then you'd punch it again and your bright lights would come off and i assume they switched that to the to the steering wheel column because yes. it was yep. easier because it yep. was more accurate or i mean not accurate but precise or i i mean anybody that couldn't find their dimmer switch on the floor of their car shouldn't be driving a car. Yeah, that's true. You know, he, it's up in the corner, and you, you go, you, and you feel it. It's right there. It's like an inch and a half tall. And then you just punch down on it, and, and your lights went bright. Yeah. And they'd go back to dim. I had a kid 15 years ago when, uh, when I had a different sports car. And it had roll-up windows, and he said, "What's that?" Oh, and oh, he was yeah. totally serious. He goes, "What's that?" He goes, "That's to roll your window up, you moron, you retard." <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. 
And, uh, well, I, I think the the expression still is "roll up your windows." Yeah, it's going to well, rain. That's yeah. what it's not uh, not uh, not push the button up your windows. Uh, yeah, whatever. But uh, yeah, do you realize uh, that with the old switches for the power windows, it was always when you push it toward the engine, that's to roll them up, and when you pull them back toward you. It was to roll them down. Every car was like that. And they had yeah. the, I know some of them had like a toggle more than like a, you would toggle it forward or toggle it right. backwards as opposed yeah. to pushing. Yeah. Uh, huh. Just wow. so, and, and of course they still do it now that I think about it, at least with my cars, yeah. same thing. It's a button, but you push down to go forward right. and lift up to go back. So... Wow, One of those crazy little things like that. So anyway, um, that's my uh, do you remember uh, things. And there's a lot of other really, really dated things that I, I don't think anybody's living that uh, knows about these other things. So okay, uh, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> I saw a bumper sticker about two days ago. I guess, first of all, would you say in general, the more bumper stickers a car has... The more the liberal more like, they are. Yeah. Or they're just really crazy if they have like literally dozens. But yeah, anyone with really two or three or more bumper stickers is almost always a liberal. Yes. 100%. And one of them, and one of them is almost always a Bernie Sanders. Yep. One. From from 1975 or something. Yeah. Like yeah. And it's all faded or whatever, you know. Oh, it does um, drive me crazy. Hubert Humphrey, you know, something yeah. like that. That, uh, <laughs> you know, I wish he was here. He could turn this this nation around. Yeah. But I yeah. I saw a bumper sticker that which was a funny bumper sticker. It said, "My other car is a jetpack." <laughs> but. So, have you? Uh, there, there are sort of jetpacks now that, I mean, they're not commercially available. But I mean, people are making them work. But when you consider that James Bond flew one back in Thunderball or Doctor No, they, yeah, they just sixty four maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sixty years. They just have not come to fruition, really. And it must just be that hard to keep them stable. I would think it would be that hard for people that use them to be stable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine somebody that's not that hasn't practiced and practiced and practiced three feet off the ground right. to take off in a jetpack and go thirty, forty, fifty feet up in the air yeah. without killing themselves. Literally, yeah. Doing that. There, I guess there is a lot of uh, which I guess is why flying cars are becoming more like, you know, the the ones that are going to be practical are basically more like drones where they've got four propellers and they're a lot more stable than, you know, the Jetson kind of jet that is just really small. Those those things will probably never really be practical. But, yeah, I guess a jetpack would be extremely unstable. I mean, you tip one way, tip another um, and you've, cause the only force you got, unlike a jet where well, you got wings, of course, you don't have anything that is really keeping you off the ground. Stabilizing the, you. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. I just, I look at those things and I've always thought to myself, I just wouldn't feel real comfortable. No. You know, with one of those things going up, if one side went out and the other one was there, you're dead, you know, or you're going to get hurt real bad when you do that. It's uh, do you remember ultralights? Yeah. Uh I have a buddy that had one of those and I was I this is the god's truth. I was probably 2 weeks away from going down and purchasing one and I was watching TV uh just before I did that and there was a guy on the news that took off in some airport somewhere and got up to about 75 or 80 feet in the air and went straight down into Ooh. the uh into the runway of this airport. Oh. And and I said, that's it? I said, yeah. <laughs> I ain't buying one of those. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of fail-safe to those things. No, I don't know. Are those still around in some more modern form? I don't know if they're, they might be in a modern form. I do have a friend that has one Yeah, uh, that, that I've seen fly around here on occasion that 
that um, he said he was deathly afraid of heights. Huh. And he bought one of those and, and said it's the greatest thing. And I go, yeah. Until, wow. Until you crash. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been up in a glider once that got pulled by a plane and then released. And, I mean, you know, you pretty much know that you're going to be able to glide because that's the nature of it. But something where you're depending on a propeller to keep you up and there's really nothing beyond that is gets a little bit hairy. Where were I, I don't want to. I don't want you to get specific, but where where was a glider that you were being pulled by? That, that it was uh, uh, a, a guy who used to work with or for my dad and his daughter. I think it was his daughter flew him. So we went to an airport not that far away, and it was like a you know a single engine plane, and you got cabled up with I don't know if it was rope or nylon or something, and they pulled you along. You took off. And you went up maybe, I don't know, three or 400 feet. And then they detached and you just glided back to the ground. It was probably like altogether 10 minutes. Oh, but wow. very, very, very peaceful, obviously, when you're just gliding and you can just look out all sides. And you're behind the person who was actually piloting it. So that was pretty Are, cool. are you saying you were in a... In a in an actual glider or a, a yeah. plane that that you pulled but still had a propeller on it. No, the plane pulling us lifted us off and took us up, and then you detach and the plane okay. flies off and the glider comes down. Okay, all right, gotcha. So, well, I would never do that. <laughs> no, yeah, no. it was uh, no. I don't know if I've mentioned this because I never really got into it super deep, but I, I took hang gliding lessons when I lived in California and never, the highest we ever went was probably, I mean, we, we got to like some foothills that were maybe 150 feet. So you would have like a 45 second flight down, but you would never be higher than 25 feet off the ground. But that was pretty cool too. But again one wrong turn in the landing and i never had a bad crash but definitely some that hurt a little bit more than others but that was a pretty cool <laughs> sensation i i've seen him on occasion when i've been out on the left coast doing that and yeah it, it's it's pretty awe-inspiring when they take off from some of those cliffs yeah uh, but they're going the the ones that i saw were going over the ocean you right, know, you know, a hundred feet from the shore, you yeah. know, not way out, but but it's like, man, I I don't know, it's, you know, the ocean has things that bite, and I don't want wouldn't want to land in there. So, have you ever had any desire, like if if they were around a few years ago, those flight suits that you basically jump off a cliff and it's like a squirrel, sort of a flying squirrel, and you just go screaming down the side of a cliff like. 150 miles an hour no <laughs> never uh you no i mean kind of like a fantasy but i wouldn't i mean if someone said hey mo i take you up and i would no, i that would i would never do that no not at all i i wouldn't jump off a cliff with anything attached to me no matter not how secure it was no, you've no. never had a desire to parachute. Never had a desire to jump out of a perfectly working plane. No, <laughs> never. Because I, 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 I've heard too many times that that when you jump out and you land, even though you have a parachute, if it's a regular parachute, it's like jumping off uh, like a twenty foot, like the top of your house. Yeah, it's still yeah. You know, it's not it's not real peaceful. When you do that, although those kind like you might have had when you're parasailing, yeah, you know, that's those, true. Uh, those guys do that. They can they can work it so they can come down and like run to a stop or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Still wouldn't do that. So you've yeah. never parasailed like behind a a boat? No, no, I no, have not. <laughs> no. But my yeah, uh, I, my daughter did in Tahoe one time, and yeah. she loved it. She loved it, uh, but no, not me. It's a, you know I'm the guy that no matter what something's going to happen that they say never does. I'm the one percent, 
you know, I the rope's going to break. You know, yeah. I my 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 squirrel thing is going to f- come unflapped and I'm going to hit the ground at 190 miles an hour and there's me with my feet sticking out of the air and, and my head four feet in the sand. No, no, not me. Speaking of old things, although I guess it's still around, is Fort Knox still a thing? I understand it is. Do you think most people know, like when they say, well, that, that's like breaking into Fort Knox. Do, do people still say that? I've never heard that in years. Uh, yeah. I'd probably have to look at an old movie to, to, yeah. to hear somebody say that, but. I, I don't, I don't, even, what is that in Kentucky? I think so. Is it, is it named after Knoxville? I don't know. Maybe it, it is. Be. It could be. Basically uh, where, I mean, in the day, where was it literally where all of the nation's gold was stored when we were that's still what on they the gold say. standard? Yeah, that's what they say. It was all down there. But, but, you know, you think about it when, if you were to try to break into it, like say it was a movie and you're going to break in and steal all the gold, A, you got to break in. Yeah. You know, B, you got to be in there long enough to haul out 60,000 tons of, of gold. Yeah. yeah. And I think by that time you're going to get caught. Yeah. One way or another. So a brick here and there in the back pocket. Eh, you know, yeah, go ahead like and try great, it. Like the great escape when they put the dirt in their cuffs. Yeah. Yeah. And then went around and, and yeah, shook them out every day. Oh, God. Have you ever, I'm sure you have, been at a restaurant? It was funny because I thought of this and then it literally happened to me. You're at a restaurant and the waiter or waitress comes up and says, Hey, are you celebrating something today? <laughs> yes. As a matter and of fact. My yeah. question is, how how good of a restaurant do you have to be at before they say that? Uh, not a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> We were at Red Lobster and they said it. Oh, really? I was just going to say a chain restaurant would come up and say, is there, because all the chains have, you know, the, the special things that go on. What What did you say? I just sort of, I mean, I said no, but I started laughing because I literally thought about this like the day before. But I guess when I, I thought about it as in, you go into McDonald's and they say, hey, you're <laughs> celebrating something today. <laughs> I mean, when you go up, so you got, you've got McDonald's, you got Burger King, Taco Bell, Culver's, Chick-fil-A. I mean, then you move up, I mean, a pizza place, uh, Applebee's, a Chili's. At what point do you think the management would instruct their people to say that? How, how high up would you have to get? I, I would say the Applebee's. Yeah. Really? Applebee's, so. Chili's. I've got a friend that I go out to eat with occasionally, and he always jokes about it's my birthday because <laughs> oh, yeah. the yeah. one time 20 years ago he did that, and it was at Chi-Chi's. Do you remember uh-huh. Chi-Chi's? Oh, yeah. And what they would do is they would come around with a gigantic sombrero, and <laughs> yeah. they'd put it on your head and then they'd bring you a cup full of of uh, whipped cream. Yeah. You'd have to eat it out of the cup with nothing else. And he just he couldn't he couldn't laugh hard enough when that happened. And I didn't know I didn't know what they were gonna do. You know they did that. And ever since then, you know, about every fourth restaurant we go to, hey, this is this guy's birthday. Oh, is it? Is it? I go, no, no, it's not. It's not. Stay away I guess from me. Beyond asking you to making maybe to make you feel better is if you say yes is the reason because you get a free dessert or a cake or something yes okay yeah yeah that's what you get so if you if you say yes it's our anniversary or whatever then i mean they wouldn't just say oh well congratulations and not give you anything is that that must be the whole point of it right they give you, you know, a little little bowl of ice cream with whipped cream on top or something. Okay. And, you know, oh, you know, here you can share that with your, with your wife or whatever it is, and and uh, Got it. It, it, and you know, we we have done that joke way too many times, and then we we always say, well, what do we get? You know, and they go, yeah. well, you get you get a, a dessert, but nobody else wants dessert. They're so full, you know. And right. I'm not going to eat a dessert in front of everybody else, so. It or they're hoping that other, or they're hoping other people 
they'll give away one free and then the three other people right. will order something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So No, I don't fall for that stuff anymore. So <laughs> uh, last night I came across um a guy. I was in a particular sporting goods store uh buying some golf balls and uh for a Christmas present. And I was talking to the guy that worked in the golf area. And this guy uh, has a side business of retrieving golf balls out of ponds and golf courses. And I I thought that was kind of interesting. So I kind of quizzed him on it. I said, well, I said, what's that like? He goes, well, he says, I take a little little dredger thing. And he says, and I, I hook it up to my golf cart. And I go around the edge of the pond one time to stir up the muck. He says, and then the balls will, will lift up, you know, six, eight, ten inches. And then they'll come to a rest on top of the muck. He says, and then I go around a second time and I collect the balls. He said, my golf cart has tires on the golf cart that cost more than the tires on my pickup truck. They're $900 for those golf cart wheels. And this and is special wheels, right? Special just- wheels so they, they don't, you know, skid or make marks on the golf course around the rough okay. or anything like that. They're specially made for this particular thing. And I said, I said, so that, I said, that, what do you, you go, go around to all the different courses? And he goes, no. He says, I have a contract with two golf courses. They were both high-end golf courses. And he said that every year he cleans out around 60,000 golf balls. Man. Out of the ponds in these two golf courses. And I said, you're welcome. (laughs) He contributed a healthy... 30,000 of those had to be mine. And does he sell them back at a fixed price or does he yep. have to sort them or do the he, golf he has course? to sort them? He has to. As a matter of fact, I asked him, and for you people that do golf out there, you'll know this. When you go to pick up a ball out of the pond when you're waiting to hit again or something, and, and half of it's brown from sitting in the muck so long, he said, You can't get that out. You cannot huh. wash that out. He says, I've tried everything and you can't do it. And I said, what do you do with them? He says, I, he has a website and I don't know if it's called golfballs.com or something, but he'll, on his website, he'll tell you what kind of balls he has and, and you know, which ones he'll sell to who, what yeah. or whatever. And, um, and, and that's how he does it. And he says, he says he sells every single one of those that have that mark on them. He wow. says, not, not a, he says, I, I sell those all the time. I go, you're kidding me. I said, there's nothing more irritating to me than taking five minutes to get a ball out of there. And then it's got that crap on one half of it and I can't wash right. it off. He says, Oh yeah. He said, I said, now my brother-in-law, who's a avid golfer, I said, he tells me the balls can be waterlogged. I said, that can't be true. He said, yeah, it is. He says, I can, he says, I handle so many golf balls that I can hold a golf ball in my hand that I took out of the pond and tell whether it's 50 grams or 60 grams or something like that and whether it's been waterlogged. I wonder how long it takes for that to happen. Is it, do you think, days or weeks or months? I, you know, that's a good question. I, I wouldn't have any idea, but I, I have to believe that those ones that he can sell that people buy they have that dirt on half of it. That's got to be at least two weeks, yeah. you know, that it's sitting there in that muck yeah. that it gets attracted to the golf ball on that, like that. But huh. uh, he said he makes around forty grand a year doing that <clears throat> as a side job. Because he, he obviously doesn't do it all year round unless he lives in a warm weather. He does state. it. He says he does it right up until the ponds ice over. Wow. Yeah. He said, as a matter of fact, this was yesterday. He said, tomorrow night I'll be going out to, you know, really get golf balls again. I said, you're kidding me. He goes, I've got LED lights 
on my golf cart and they shine right down along the path that I take to throw this basket in there to pick all the golf balls out. And then he showed me a picture on his phone of some balls that he took out of a pond recently. And there had to be, I don't know, six, 700 golf balls. Jeez. And like I said, I recognized half of them. <clears throat> Did the, this price he sells them back to the golf course, like a top flight, you get whatever title is, the Dunlap, uh, whatever. Yes. Or, yes. Huh. He said basically, wow. basically he usually, you know, it averages about a quarter a golf ball. Really? That's all? Yeah. yeah. That he gets. Yeah. And then, yeah. then he has to, um, you know, uh, that's what he makes off the golf ball. Like he said, huh. I have overhead, you know, I got tires for that. And, oh, okay. And this okay. and that. And he says, I also have to give the golf course some of the balls. So yeah. uh, the golf course says we want so many Titleist Pro V1s. Okay. And as soon as you give us, you know, 12 dozen of those, you can have the rest of them. I guess I haven't been in a pro shop looking for golf balls, but they obviously sell them as seconds or something for half price or a quarter they, price. They or? don't even say that. They just say, you know, here's a golf ball for a, a buck if it's a Pro V1 instead uh, of $3. Okay. okay. And, then, you know, if it's clean and it's white, like me, I'd be glad to, to pay that yeah. for, for one of those as opposed to three or four. How much more does like a sleeve of three or a dozen or whatever Titleists or whatever you use cost now compared to 20 years ago? Have they gone up a lot or this like inflation amount or? I'd say 50%. They used to be, you know, around 25 bucks or 50 now. Um, for a, for a dozen? dozen? Yeah, for a okay. dozen. And uh, um, they can even be, that, that's if you're in a... Uh, you know, a sporting goods shop or something. Yeah, they're, they're usually like four fifty a ball in a pro shop. Right, right. Huh. Which is something I've never understood either. As I'm somewhat of a golfer, that uh, I should say duffer, that when I go in those golf shops that are a little higher end, and yep. I see the prices of those things, I go, who, who comes to play golf and goes, oh God, I, I forgot my golf balls. I, I better buy some <laughs> I of these here. And I'll buy a sleeve that that costs as much as a dozen does, you yeah. know, two miles down the road at the uh, sporting goods shop. I guess the same people who realize they need to buy a fifty dollar shirt. Yeah, fifty. <laughs> is that cheap? Yeah, that's cheap. Oh, yeah. is it? Yeah, oh, that's a, they can be way more than that. I'll tell you. So, it's, wow. Um, and and like you say, I guess it's the same type of person that pays. Like I saw yesterday, $500 for a driver. Um, really? Yeah, alone, just the driver. Oh. Yeah, $500. What? The new one, you know. What's I, the I most you ever there. paid? How much for do you a pay driver? for a driver? Uh, I would say 150 Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would never, because I'm married, go in and buy a driver for $500. There's no way on earth I would do that because for one simple reason, I know I'm going to hit it just farther into the woods <laughs> with a new driver than I am right now. So yeah. why would I want to do that? Good point. So yeah. how often do you buy a new driver? Because you play 30 times a year-ish. No, at least. No, I, yeah. I play probably 60, 70 times. And so, always with the same results. But, you yeah. know, it's... Uh, Buying a new driver probably every ten years, ten to really. So years. Yeah. you don't wear them out, to, huh? Well, I wear them out all right. <laughs> they're, they're pretty scuffed up when I get rid of them. You know, have you but, ever have you ever broken a club over your knee? No, no, no. I I have the philosophy that I know my limitations, and I know that when I hit that ball into the woods, it was me, not the golf club. Or the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's I, true. I, people that do that. I played with a guy one time on a golf course near me that I think we were on number 14. And he hit the ball and he it just hit it horribly. And he took his bag of clubs and threw oh. them in the pond. 
Oh, no. Yeah, just threw the whole bag into the pond. And I thought to myself, well, that's the last time I play with you. That's taking it just a bit too seriously. And which hole? Was this the last hole? Or No, it was on, like, number 14. Oh, my gosh. You know, so, so what, he didn't play the last four holes. <laughs> was there any indication leading up to that that he was getting to that point? Uh, there was an indication that he played that badly all the way around. <laughs> but I think I think at the 14th hole on the tee, he probably said, that's enough. I've, I've tortured gosh. myself enough. I'm getting rid of these clubs. And he threw them in there. I wouldn't wow. be surprised if they're still in there. He really, really oh, threw really? them in there. Oh, yeah. So the yeah, guy going around collecting balls would have, like, picked up <laughs> clubs. What's this, a bag full of, a bag full of clubs? Oh, I've seen everything wow. now. Yeah. That is, that's uh, crazy. That is, yeah. You don't have to answer this question. Maybe I'll edit this out, but this occurred to me <laughs> for a reason that you'll probably understand. But do you still get zits? May, on a rare occasion, yes. On a rare occasion, not on my face, not on my face, on my, I don't know, maybe my neck or something, uh, you know, but never on my face. So does it kind of make you feel young? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, baby, still getting zits. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. If it did, I'd try to figure out how they got there and I'd make them all over if it made me feel younger. But uh, oh. no, it... Uh, it does not make me feel younger because I feel exactly the same horrible way I do when I go, oh, there's one there. <laughs> well, anything else that we should uh, discuss before we call it a podcast? Not that I have, but I'll, I'll give a little teaser uh, for next week. I have a uh, an incredibly in, insightful guide to modern parenting. Ooh, got to tune in yes. for that. That that's going to be fun. That'll that'll be a good one. And there's another another word, tune in, when you had to dial the radio and literally tune in the station as opposed to changing channels or That's correct. turning turning on your computer or whatever. Yeah, tune in next week. Yep. Yeah, yeah literally. Yeah, that was probably even more of a radio thing, wasn't it? Because you literally, for those old radio serials, you had to tune in and get right on the dial so it wouldn't go. Yeah, it had all that fuzz on there. That was one of these uh, older than dirt quiz things with the TV test patterns that came on at night after the last show was on. And it would be on there until the next morning. Yeah, National Anthem and then the... Yep. Yeah. Yep. Was that usually midnight or sometimes sooner? It's just said came at night after the last show. I'm trying to remember. Well, the Tonight Show started quite a while ago, so it must have been maybe on after that. Because I remember once in a rare, rare time where I would see that and they'd play the national anthem and then the test pattern would come on. After the Tonight Show? I, I would guess so. Or, or maybe maybe on the weekends, maybe it happened earlier because there was nothing on after the news, maybe. Yeah, that's possible. It also said mm-hmm. that uh, there were only three channels, if you were yep. fortunate. God, we, we just grew up in prehistoric times. <laughs> how, did, how did we manage? You know, yeah, three channels. Oh, my God. That is the question that a lot of youngsters could not even comprehend, but... I don't want to drag this on much further, but as long as we're... Uh, did you ever have a TV schedule with all of your siblings that you had to share the TV with them? Ooh, I know there were sort of... I mean, like Sunday night, we pretty much knew Ed Sullivan and then, uh, what was it, Bonanza. I guess there were. it was more like we knew what shows, like what night I Love Lucy was on or the Jackie Gleason show, and you would sort of plan around that. But yeah, I don't know that... I ever would not watch something because something, that's a good question. Something else was on at the same time, and obviously you couldn't DVR it or whatever. Right. It's, uh, it was called TV Wars in my house. And, you know, we, we had a schedule. You know, one night was mine. The next night was my sister's. The other night was my brother's. 
you had to follow by that. You went by days or nights. Yes. You didn't go by like eight o'clock, seven o'clock, no. nine o'clock. Nope. Huh. Days. Yep. And then you could switch. You could go, oh, the Super Bowl's on tonight. I'll give you I have Love Lucy tomorrow night if you'll give me that on that day. And then you had this pinky swear you'd do it and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> uh, it got brutal sometimes. Did it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Only one TV, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure up until the, at least the mid-60s, if not the early 70s, I'd say the average house only had one TV. One TV. I think it, yeah, at one point we did... We got color, and then we may have had an old black and white somewhere. But I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We call it African-American TV. <laughs> well, that'd be black. It wouldn't be much of a picture. Oh, oh I thought you said colored. I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. colored. Oh, oh no, yeah. no, black colored and white. And, oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Black oh. and white. Yeah. Oh, so it was uh. racially equal. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Well, that's an excellent trip down memory lane and uh, a little modern stuff thrown in for good measure. So thanks for listening, sharing, helping us grow our audience and returning every week to the right angle. That was easy.